0: Welcome to the Plan B CrNA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones, and I'm so excited that you're here. The Plan B CrNA podcast is the only show made specifically for nurse anesthetists who are exploring options outside of their traditional career paths. This is the place to expand your mind and your goals as we uncover new ways to produce side income together. Journey with me as I go down various rabbit holes to explore the best Plan B options for you. This episode is brought to you by On Call Capital. On-Call Capital is dedicated to educating CRNAs and other healthcare providers about investing outside of the traditional stock market. On-Call Capital also provides opportunities for you, yes you, to create passive income and generational wealth while also lowering your taxable income through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, make sure you do that right now so that you don't miss an episode. Thanks so much for joining me today and now on with the show. Welcome to the rabbit hole on the Plan B CRNA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones, and throughout my journey in finding a Plan B, I've gone down numerous rabbit holes to figure out which ones work for me. Since I've done some of this research already, I only think it's right to bring that information to fellow healthcare providers to help aid in your search. As always, it's important for you, the listener, to do your own research and form your own opinions. Everyone's situation is unique, and a Plan B that works for one CRNA doesn't always work for another. Self-awareness is the key in any decision you make, since you must have an accurate grasp of your own strengths, weaknesses, and goals. Let's get to it then. Today's rabbit hole of the day is, dun, 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 digital payments agents. When you stop to look around, there aren't many businesses left that don't accept credit cards. In fact, most businesses were forced to accept credit cards for fear of falling behind competitors. With credit cards come fees that are either passed on to the business owner or the consumer. But how does this payment process actually work? Have you ever stopped to think about how those fees are broken down and exactly where they go? I always thought that the fees just went to the banks and the credit card companies, and I didn't think much about it. Boy, was I wrong, though. It turns out that credit card transactions are much more complex than I knew, with many, many different moving parts. In short, there's a middleman or a broker who works with businesses to offer credit card processing solutions. These digital payments agents, also called merchant agents, are a key part of these transactions. In return for their services, digital payments agents take a small cut from each credit card transaction. Digital payments refers to the credit card processing services that allow businesses to accept transactions through debit and credit cards, as well as mobile payments. Digital payments agents work with brick-and-mortar businesses as well as online merchants to provide solutions, equipment and otherwise, that match the products and services being sold. With the move to a cashless society, this opportunity seems primed to keep expanding. So in theory, this sounds like a great way to build residual income. As a digital payments expert, you offer businesses payment processing services that can save them money, and in exchange, you negotiate to receive a portion of their monthly fees. It costs businesses nothing to switch, and all you have to do is help them get set up. Then you just wait for the income to start rolling in. The real kicker is that you don't even have to have a special license or intense training to become one of these salesmen or brokers, and you can start building your business very quickly. Okay, so is this for real? How much work really goes into this? Let's dive into the rabbit hole to find out. So we're going to start by talking about the opportunity. Currently, the size of the global digital payments market is $89.1 billion, with roughly a third of that market being in North America. There's also expected growth to $180.4 billion by 2026, which essentially means the market is going to double in size in the next five years. Why such growth? Well, the pandemic has accelerated the adoption of contactless payments with e-wallets witnessing increased traction for peer-to-peer transfers, bill payments, and customer-to-business payments for essential services. World governments like Singapore, India, and Australia are launching various initiatives to help promote digital payments, believing that to be a primary growth driver to boost productivity and economic growth, improve transparency, increase tax revenue expand financial inclusion, and open new economic opportunities to end users. Now, let's talk about what it means to actually be a digital payments agent. You'll hear several names and descriptors thrown out there. Merchant services agent, independent sales organization agent, or ISO agent, etc. And while there are certain nuances to each one of these terms, they're often used interchangeably to refer to a similar role. A digital payments agent is a business owner or 1099 sales individual who sells credit card processing products and additional services to merchants. In short, they are salesmen for the middlemen between the credit card companies and the merchants. Merchants are simply the business owners who need credit card processing services. Digital payments agents work with a particular agent program to build relationships and provide those services to merchants. Becoming a digital payments agent means being your own boss and having an uncapped revenue stream, theoretically allowing you to earn as much income as you can stand. Your earnings are directly tied to how many merchant accounts and the types of accounts that you can get, as well as your revenue sharing potential with whichever agent program you choose. Most ISO agent programs will tout the ability for you to earn $100,000 a year or more, and this is certainly possible. A single account can vary widely, though, on the amount that you can make per month, some as little as $50 a month per business to others that are $1,000 per month. But likely, that means that you actually need quite a few accounts to really start making a dent in your own residual income. Again, though, it depends on how hard you want to pound the pavement here. You need to keep in mind that this business is definitely for those of you who aren't afraid to put yourselves out there. The industry is very relationship-based. And it's often those agents who provide great customer service who are successful. The average ISO agent salary is really only around $45,000 a year, but perhaps that's because some folks simply aren't as good at relationship building and sales. So how can you become a digital services agent? Let's look at a few steps here. Number one, pick a niche. You really shouldn't start without this because part of landing accounts is understanding your client's business and providing solutions based on their situation. So it's best to lean into your own past experience. For many of you listening, you're in healthcare already with connections to plenty of surgeons. GI clinics, plastic surgery centers, dentist offices, and the like all use credit card processing systems. Or maybe you're really into working out and you want to focus on lifestyle companies like yoga and CrossFit studios. It's all possible. Number two, become a credit card processing expert. You'll want to start with the basics here, learning about how transactions are processed, what the relationships are between issuing and acquiring banks, typical hardware that's in use. You really want to understand how you fit into this ecosystem. In short, you're a middleman between a merchant and a merchant services provider, or you perform this same function under an official ISO provider. You and or your ISO operate as resellers. So you're going to buy wholesale merchant processing rates and sell them to businesses for a a small profit. The difference between the rate that you get from the merchant services provider and the rate that you pitch to your merchant is where you make your money. So let's take a math break here. Let's say your negotiated buy rate is 1.79% plus 15 cents per transaction. But you pitch 2.2%. $0.20 Plus 20 cents per transaction to your merchant. That means you get 0.41% plus 5 cents on every sale. That's your residual. And at those rates, a merchant who does $15,000 per month across 300 transactions would make you roughly $76.50 a month. Now, I get it, that doesn't sound like much, but it can start to add up quickly. You land 10 of those accounts, which is less than one a month, and you're already up to $765 per month or over $9,000 a year in residual income. Now, step three, you need to compare those ISO slash MSP programs. How can you get linked up with an agent program? It's really pretty easy since there are a ton of them out there. Uh, Some of the top names in the industry are Beacon Payments, PayArc, Electronic Merchant Systems, Total System Services and Bank Card USA, just to name a few. They all offer varying revenue share programs depending on the types of accounts that you bring in. But just because it's easy doesn't mean you shouldn't be diligent. You want to consider some different criteria when comparing sales programs. Do they have experience in your niche? Are they active in their communities with a clear mission and good reputation? Do they treat their merchants well? Do they have the latest hardware and software products? Are they transparent with agents and merchants? Research particular partner programs to find the compensation buy rates and the partner resources and find out how they handle your residuals. Avoid MSPs that charge setup fees and force you to carry a monthly premium. And then ask yourself, how are their representatives? You might want to give them a call and speak to them personally just to make sure you match up with their particular business culture. After all, that's the one you're going to be bringing merchants into. Number four, go ahead and apply to your ideal program. You know your niche, you understand the basics and some nuances of credit card processing, and you found an MSP that matches up with that. Now it's time to apply to your chosen program. If you've done your research and fit into their mission and goals, then it it could be the start of a potentially beautiful relationship. Number five, collect and prepare your business assets. It's tempting to just run out and start knocking on business doors, but you are running a business of your very own now. If you found a good agent program, they're going to provide you with white papers, flyers, and other marketing materials. You'll need to create your own personal website and cultivate your social media presence to make your job easier. When you visit potential clients, you'll want to have business cards and pamphlets, along with knowledge of the procedures necessary to switch accounts. Step number six. It's time to start selling. Now it's time to put yourself out there and start signing merchant contracts. The best thing you can do is to put yourself in the shoes of your merchants. How does what you're offering to them translate into better savings or better services for them? All you need from them is a 30-day merchant statement to find out what their current provider is charging them and how you can start saving them money. But I want to go back to the idea of merchant relationships. A lot of you may be thinking the way that I thought at first. Wow, I can just start walking into restaurants and small businesses and present them with an offer they can't refuse. I'll be able to rack up the accounts. And while you may get to that point eventually, it's not that easy in the beginning. You start off with a chicken and egg problem. Uh, inevitably a business owner will ask you about other businesses that you provide service to, at which point you have to tell them that you're a newbie. However, you can lean on the experience of whatever agent program you choose to work alongside. Your job as a salesperson isn't to know everything. It's to identify and solve problems for business owners. A great business example of this concept is a company that's in the nearby town of Pinehurst. Payment in the Pines is a company that services the local area. And they have really created a niche with local businesses. I'm going to provide the, their link in the show notes so that you can check them out for reference sake. But at this point, I think it's time for some pros and cons. So let's get to it. The first pro is unlimited potential earnings. Your earnings are limited only by your capacity to take on clients. The more clients you have, the more income you can receive in return. And it seems relatively easy in theory because all you have to do is just keep reaching out to new clients, but you also have to maintain the client relationships that you've built, which leads me to the first con. Sales jobs can be pretty time intensive. Yeah, you can constantly reach out to new merchants, but you also want to foster good relationships with the businesses that are already paying you. That can take time and effort. So the next pro is time flexibility. While reaching out to businesses is largely limited to traditional business hours, you do have the option of targeting online businesses that don't have those same time constraints. You can schedule your business around your lifestyle, which is a big bonus. The next one is a pro slash con. You must show great customer service. This doesn't come easy to some. I mean, as CRNAs, we're used to holding a position of relative strength uh, in healthcare. If someone doesn't follow the directions we give them, or if they are outside of certain parameters, we'll cancel the case. In the business world, though, that translates to a lost sale opportunity. We have to be courteous, nice, and helpful. And it's not impossible by any stretch, and many of us happen to be good at it. But it does take some energy to do that. The next is a pro. There are low barriers to entry. It doesn't cost much to start your own LLC and get some education here, which is nice because then you can really start right away. But that means others can too, which leads to our next con. There's low income security. Now, if anyone can break into this business, what's to keep them from stealing an account that you just got six months ago? At any time, you may find a competitor who's undercutting your accounts. This means that you must always focus on taking care of those older accounts and fostering new ones. The next is a pro. Again, it's it's inexpensive to start. Uh, it, it doesn't cost much to get started in the business. You're a 1099 salesman after all. And all you need are some business cards, some gas in the tank, and some charisma. Okay? The next con, though, is that you know complexity is a real bitch. <laughs> I don't have any other way to say it. Like I mentioned earlier, this business can be much more complex than meets the eye. There are always new terminals, new equipment, new businesses entering the space. Cryptocurrency is likely going to upend parts of this business model over time. You have to stay ahead to keep your clients. The next one is a pro. This is a pretty well-kept secret. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull that card, okay? I mean, I, I know I'm talking to other CRNAs. We're tired of the best-kept secret moniker. But you know, no one really knows or talks about this business. Okay, and that's a lot like nurse anesthesia has been for much of its existence. This can be a really good thing though because there aren't a ton of folks who are looking to break into this space yet at least. Last is is one final pro, residual income. This business can produce truly residual or ongoing income for you and your family. Once a business signs up with you, You begin collecting checks within six weeks, and they only stop if that company happens to switch providers. That can end up being really powerful once you get into double-digit account numbers. Now, you may be wondering at this point, why have I never actually heard of this, and how did you come across it? Well, this is where Dave and Patricia Carlin come in. They started a company called Residual Payments with the idea of teaching others how to become digital payments experts. They've been doing this since the beginning, starting 20 years ago with companies who were just starting their online business presence. They've partnered with multiple credit card processing sources throughout the years, and now they are looking to provide agents with a leg up on getting into the business by offering their expertise to go along with your side hustle. In return for utilizing their contacts and network to offer services, you give them 20% of your revenue share percentage on low-risk accounts and 50% of the revenue share percentage on high-risk accounts. You're able to leverage their contacts and experience to grow your business and produce residual income for yourself. With that being said, residual payments is far from the only pathway to get into the merchant services industry. I mentioned a few of those other companies earlier that would love to partner with you as an aspiring digital payments agent. And I'll link to the top 10 list of ISO agent programs in the show notes as well. It's obvious to me that there's a real opportunity in this space for those of you who are outgoing and sales minded. Once you get over the initial hump of getting started, there is a lot of potential for growth. While this is a business that requires a certain amount of maintenance, there is a certain amount of stability built in once you get clients to switch over to your service. I have several other links in the show notes for you to do your own research, though, so make sure you check those out. As for today, that's, that's going to do it. Uh, as always, I'd like to thank you for listening to the Plan B Serenade podcast. If you found value today, make sure you hit subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. I also want to hear from you. If you have a question, comment, or rabbit hole topic that you'd like me to cover in an upcoming podcast, make sure you rate and review us on your podcast player. I check those all the time and I cover those questions uh, in future episodes. If you'd like to know more about me, make sure you find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, or visit my website at www.oncallinvestments.com. This is Bobby Jones signing off. Until next time, be safe and take care of each other out there. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Plan B CRNA podcast. If you haven't already subscribed and reviewed the show, I'd be honored if you took the extra time. It really helps to expand our reach and get the word out about the show. If you're a CRNA who is interested in sharing your story on our podcast, I'd love to have you. Please email me at bobby at oncallinvestments.com for more information. This episode was brought to you by On Call Capital. They're dedicated to helping providers like you develop passive income, and generational wealth through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. Feel free to check out their website at www.oncallinvestments.com and subscribe to their free educational email series. You can find On Call Capital on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out our YouTube page, where you'll find all of the show episodes along with other educational videos. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.